Hello there. This is Jolie Bindo from the Hollow Chronicles of a Jedi podcast. You're listening to the Old Republic podcast. Please like and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review, and Brian and Cassia will feature it on the pod. Now, enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you, always. Hello there! Before we get started on today's episode, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our newest patron, uh, Unreal Cinema. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us over on our Patreon page. Uh, We have a lot of fun over there. We've been doing a lot of really fun stuff, um, and it's all with uh, support from our patrons. So uh, thanks a lot to everyone who has joined, and thanks a lot to Unreal Cinema uh, for joining up. Uh, We really appreciate it. You know, with the Patreon pledges that we've gotten, we've been able to do some pretty fun stuff. We did all of our postcard art. We've uh, commissioned a lot of the lo-fi that you've seen on um, the YouTube. And, uh, you know, you always get early access to that on our Patreon. So you definitely want to make sure you check it out if you're interested in, you know, getting episodes ahead of time or exclusive episodes. Or, you know, maybe there's even uh, some inspiration from Unreal Cinema. Maybe we're uh, going to be taking a crack at our own little kind of film adaptation sort of thing. So you want to keep your eye on all that stuff. And the best way to do it is on Patreon. So go over to patreon.com slash Podcast. And check out what we've got going. Um, the $1 tier is good enough to get you um, access to all of our exclusive episodes. Um, and it's pretty cool. So go check it out. And thank you again to Unreal Cinema. All right. And now, back to the episode. Hello there. Welcome to Inspired a Galaxy. In this segment of the ORP, we discuss the artists and stories that inspired us and hope that they inspire you. And now, we present the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an August edition of Inspired a Galaxy. Today, we are talking about a lovely film called Agora that came out in 2009, and I thought it was beautifully shot and poignant, a great period film that I didn't see now, not until now, due to, like, current events, and I was like, hey, Brian, do you want to cover this on Inspired a Galaxy? And Mm-hmm. Neither of us had seen it, so we we watched it twice, I believe, and now we're going to cover it and share it with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we finally got a chance to uh, watch this film. Like you said, we just got a couple of views in on it, and yeah, the, the content of it is important. It's an interesting story, and yeah, it felt like a really good time to uh, come on to Inspire a Galaxy and have a little chat about it. Yeah. And I didn't really see this until now because it just timing didn't work out when it first came out. But it's always been at the back of my mind that I wanted to see it. And then kind of with the news of things going on with the American Supreme Court, it just kind of made me uh, mm-hmm. kind of look at the the world and the country. Uh, lots of our rights. uh just differently like they're not set in stone like you have to keep actively voting for them uh protesting for them and it just really got me thinking and agora is about hypatia of alexandria who kind of deals with uh some similar and adjacent uh situations um how would you describe this film to someone who hasn't seen it before to get them to to watch it 
Um, yeah. So, um, like you said, I hadn't I hadn't watched this until now. Um, I actually I'd never even uh, really heard of this film until uh, you brought it up to me a little while ago. Um, and I was looking here, and when <laughs> its box office release here in the U.S. back in uh, 2009, it it only ever played on like 17 uh, movie theaters. So I don't know if wow. it was just put in for, uh, you know, to potentially get it into any sort of Oscar conversation. But that's that's very strange. I mean, it was directed by Alejandro Amin Aminyabar. I'm definitely saying that incorrect, and so please uh, you know, correct me if I if I am. But um, so it was released in in Spain. He's a, a Spanish and Chilean heritage, so that's pretty much where it released. But that's that's really odd because it stars Rachel Weisz, who is very popular um, mm-hmm. here at the time, um, you know, and a bunch of other really good good actors. So it's it's strange that it didn't have you know some sort of a more uh, wide release. But yeah, this completely flew under my radar until until you brought it up to me. And yeah, the timing of it is is really good. So um, as you mentioned, it kind of revolves around the story of Hypatia and you know, kind of the falling of the uh, Library of Alexandria as, you know, kind of the the Roman uh, pagans, Jewish uh, society that was there and the incoming um, Christianity uh, were all kind of coming to a head and seeing how that was going to, to play out, you know, in, uh, you know, different areas of the, the Roman Empire, you know, Christianity, you know, got its start over in, you know, Constantinople and Turkey um, during the Roman Empire, but as it kind of spread throughout the throughout the empire, you had kind of these uh, heads come into a clash. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it has some echoes. Hypatia is, you know, a, a great kind of uh, figurehead for um, you know women's rights, women's rights movement. She was a, a scientist, a mathematician, and all these things, and basically uh, got silenced as you know Christianity uh, kind of came in and and took over at, at this time period. So uh, yeah, it felt felt pretty uh, pretty poignant, and I think it's I think it's a good movie to watch uh, for that. Um, and it's also uh, a good one to watch if you're a big fan of period pieces because, you know, we'll see a lot of um, movies kind of set during the Roman Empire time, but it almost always focuses, like, on Rome or, uh, you know, maybe, like, <laughs> you know, what the English were up to at that time. But we don't ever see much of the Roman Empire outside of, outside of like, the walls of Rome. So it's interesting to see uh, that play out in a different setting, I guess. Yeah, it's great to have a film set in Alexandria besides Alexander, uh, which came out, I think, in 2004. Uh, And what you were saying, like, this film came out in 2009. That's, like, uh, one year. That's that's the year that Obama was inaugurated. This is pre-Tea Party times. Mm -hmm. This is pre-Trump times uh, and pre-whatever the hell is happening times you know but right uh it just seems to call a lot and that kind of reminds me is just like as much as i hate it sometimes like history and humanity we seem to be cyclical you know and i don't think it means we're doomed to like always repeat the same things but like we we always kind of deal with the same problems we have some of the same successes and It just Mm kind of gets me to, like, look at uh, the history of everything uh, and examine it more. And it's, as you say, it's a different uh, type of period film. It's focusing on different things rather than the rise of Christianity or rise of a certain uh, figure in Rome, Roman history, Mm -hmm. you know, or England. Like, I mean, England, you know, in, in... 
in the Roman Empire times is cool. Like, I love the parts that are in England and Pompeii, you know, and all of Pompeii. Mm -hmm. um, but this is just different. And it's kind of more like a philosophical, psychological film, I think. And it really, really helps me uh, think a lot more about science, uh, think a lot more about religion, belief, uh, what can be a cult, uh, human rights. And I mean, if you make a list, I, I can be like, it made me think about it, you know, but mm -hmm. um, let me pull up the IMDB for Agora because you mentioned it has uh, Rachel Weiss, uh, who plays uh, Hypatia of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. And you said it was directed by Alejandro Amenabar. Uh, and then it also stars uh, Max Minghella as the slave uh, Davis. And then o Oscar Isaac, the Oscar Isaac, as Orestes. Yeah, and I, I thought that it was really um, well acted. I, I thought Os Oscar Isaac was uh, excellent, you know, and this is one of his kind of kind of earlier roles obviously you know of course we know him now from star wars and a moon knight and uh, a bunch of other stuff that he's he's got going on as he's kind of come into the limelight but but i really liked um his character and uh the job that he did um i also really liked uh michael lonsdale who is a really good um kind of a classically trained uh, actor uh, british um playing uh, theon who is uh, hypatia's father i believe um mm -hmm. in the film and uh, i thought that he was great and yeah it just really it sets up a really good tale you know kind of this uh, uh scientific enlightenment versus uh religious idealism and uh just kind of kind of played off of that and then your character interactions you know kind of kind of change as we go through the through the stories you know as as orestes is in love with hypatia and uh davis is in love with hypatia and how like that uh kind of kind of balance and the uh the diometry of that i guess changes as you know these different idealisms come into play almost like they're rotating in an ellipses <laughs> almost almost that's right yeah and some other good uh supporting actors uh were ashraf Ash uh barholm uh, who plays ammonius Rupert Evans, who plays Synesius, and Sami Samir, who plays Cyril. And if I probably, not if, but I actually probably mispronounce those. If anyone has any corrections, please let me know so I can correct that. Uh, but it's a, it's a stellar cast. Um, some stellar performances in this. Like, maybe my one complaint could be, like, the pacing of the film sometimes it felt like it was going to end a certain mm -hmm. number of times but then it didn't i guess like if they could have found a way to pace it uh maybe a bit of a better way i think this film would maybe have been perfect in my eyes and maybe would have garnered more interest like because i kind of mm -hmm. think this is like maybe like passion of the christ for like philosophy or like uh atheism like what do you think yeah i mean i think it, it definitely kind of plays on those tones and makes you sort of step back and you know analyze them and you know look at you know kind of what you you hold in your own uh kind of esteem and yeah i definitely agree with you on 
kind of the pacing because there's a couple of times throughout the film where it feels like it's kind of wrapping the story up or it's kind of told everything that it had intended to tell and then it kind of you know <laughs> it just carries on kind of to, to the next thing it's it's almost I guess maybe like a stage play in that sense where it kind of is winding down and you know wrapping up like the the you know the first act or uh, something like that so maybe uh some parallels to that there but yeah I thought that the the pacing could have stood to be a little bit better and uh you know definitely would have would have played through better but i like that then you got kind of the different almost like sections of the film where you know at first you have you know the pagans and they're they're in this library and then you have the second section about um the christians kind of coming in and and setting up the you know kind of their uh you know their way and their uh their rules and laws for alexandria and then kind of the the third act where you know it's it's completely uh fallen and uh you know into into what they're trying to accomplish there so um yeah i think that yeah i just thought it was a really interesting uh story to tell and uh really well done um and i'd mentioned kind of in the the lead up here that it was it's an interesting time and an interesting uh, kind of aspect to get it because obviously you have Hypatia's story it's and it's set against the backdrop of the library of Alexandria um, which didn't actually happen at the same time I think um, most uh, historians and scholars believe Hypatia was born around the time that the library fell uh, completely so um, you know playing with the timeline a little bit there but I think that that does a good job to kind of uh, you know kind of tell this story really where you're um like i said you're really kind of analyzing uh science versus religion yeah and it feels like it's the end of an era and like i think it makes sense for her to experience that as like a, a fully realized uh, adult character and mm -hmm. even though like i'm pretty sure like julius caesar burned the library of alexandria i have to i have to think that there were some remnants of the library that like people would kind of preserve uh and then like probably with the change from uh pagan to like christianity uh probably like the pagan thoughts were suppressed or mm -hmm. destroyed so in my mind like i i in my mind i do allow uh myself to like enjoy the story and then kind of think about like the actual historical reality but i think for the most mm -hmm. part you can say it's a good historical dramatization but like it's always good to just be aware and like not take everything for uh the canon gospel right. truth. like <laughs> that's yeah. that's right yeah absolutely and and really a good kind of period piece like this should do that i mean obviously you want it to be um you know, as realistic and as, as truthful as it can be most of the time. But, you know, obviously there's going to have to be embellishments and there's going to have to be, you know, kind of in any, in any film you're, you know, you're telling a, uh, you know, a story that, you know, you're, you're writing and coming up with. So there's going to be a little bit of leeway you have to take, but then hopefully that kind of spurs you then to go and, you know, learn more about Hypatia, learn more about the uh, library at Alexandria, learn more about, um, you know, uh, Christianity coming into this area and how it spread throughout the, the Roman Empire and, you know, <laughs> basically, you know, put a kibosh on all other religions, you know, uh, that were, you know, around then at, at the time and then, you know, ultimately led into uh, like the Crusades as Islam uh, came in, you know, in that part of the world. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting and um, like you said, Cassie, you have to you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but then hopefully that propels you on to you know want to 
you know, to be entertained by, by the media, you know, uh, Gora, the film here in this case, but then to go learn more about, uh, you know, the things that actually happen there and kind of educate yourself beyond what the, what the film can offer. Yeah. And some things that I truly loved about the film were the aerial shots. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. cause usually I think those are reserved for like alien films or, sci-fi films or sci-fi fantasy films like star wars but Mm -hmm. i think in this movie it makes sense because hypatia of alexandria uh, and her students are really just exploring like what the rotation of the earth is that the earth is round uh and like kind of what it looks like and it's no one can see the whole picture but it's self-evident you know and Mm -hmm. So I, I really love those aerial shots, and I love the character of Hypatia of Alexandria. She's just a, a smart, present woman who knows what she wants, even if she knows it's not what other people want, and she stands up for herself. Uh, the acting was strong. It's unique, bold, and courageous, and I loved the elliptical relationships because uh, like there were different points in the film that I was like I th- I think that uh, Hypatia is like closer to Davis here you know and like kind of doesn't mm-hmm. really give the time of day to Orestes uh, and then kind of with time you kind of see Orestes mature and he kind of understands won't push I think Orestes would like a relationship to happen and who knows, like, maybe Hypatia wasn't interested, like, maybe maybe she was asexual, maybe she was a lesbian, or just she was busy, loved her science, didn't really have time for a relationship, didn't want it, like, who knows? But mm-hmm. I would say that, like, at the beginning of the film, I was like, yeah, I think Davis loves her more. And then, like, the, the film transpired, and I was like, um... He doesn't. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, I think Orestes gets her, you know? Maybe he doesn't get the girl, but he gets her, like, understanding, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a really good kind of paradigm between those three and the way that that works. And, yeah, like, it's uh, played as an ellipses, which is, you know, kind of the the mathematics that she's uh, looking at throughout the, throughout the movie. So, you know, some good parallels there. Um, you mentioned kind of the way that it looks, uh, this, it looks great. Um, you know, for a, a film that wasn't that widely distributed, I thought that the, the sets and the location, um, were really, uh, well done. It looks like it was filmed, uh, you know, in at least a pretty large part in, uh, Malta, which is, which is a beautiful place and very sort of, um, uh, ancient looking um in parts of that uh one of the one of the cool things you mentioned the aerials and there are some really uh cool aerial shots um i'll talk about one here in a second but kind of as you're setting up the you know kind of the the different sections of the book you almost had like (laughs) it looked like uh if you used to go back on like google maps and you could do like a google like zoom in on different like locations of the world it it almost looked like that uh going in which was really cool because then you got kind of 
an idea and you don't know how much of this you know was was kind of made up or how much of this was you know taken from you know historical records and maps and things but the way alexandria would have looked um i thought that that was that was really cool and um you mentioned kind of the overhead shots and you get a lot of them because i think agora um it basically is referencing like the big like town square area kind of out in front of the library right like the the center of enlightenment here in in alexandria but there's there's a lot in in particular, right, as the library is falling, as the, you know, Christians have come in and are starting to take over, you get kind of this overhead shot of them kind of going through the streets. And I, it was really like striking to me visually because it, it kind of pulls up and the people are very, very small then and they almost look like ants and it seemed like they might have sped up the film a little bit. So it looked like um, kind of just like these little like... Uh, marching like little like soldier ants were going like throughout the city and spreading around like you'd see in like an an ant farm or something like that and I thought that that was really cool and really striking visually and uh just kind of you know hit the tone of what you know this fast uh kind of spread of Christianity would have been like in these big cities as they kind of started to get a foothold and taking over and I think you see uh the spectrum where some people uh are devout believers but kind of more normal and then some people uh become stricter more orthodox for whether it's for their own gain or for political reasons and then you see some people where it's like they convert uh, for political reasons or they leave paganism or uh all of that like it so it's interesting you you kind of see like the whole spectrum of like what religion can do it can be beautiful but it can also be ugly i guess mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um and that's yeah one of the big kind of takeaways from from this film and you know it's it's not necessarily meant to you know, say that your beliefs are are wrong or right it's you know it's more of you know kind of taking a step back and and looking at the way um you think about things and uh, it's less about your own sort of religion and ideal than it is about you know being able to uh see the viewpoints of others yeah being able to question being able to live in peace uh treating people equally uh it mostly just says like everything is a spectrum you know uh right it can mm-hmm. be healthy it can be unhealthy uh religion philosophy uh everything so that that's what I kind of liked. It, it was a it was a good lesson. Um, was there anything else that you would put under the loves slash pros uh, um, pile? Uh, I don't know that I I would put it as a, a love slash pro, but I did really like it. it. Had kind of this um this really neat uh sort of visuals at the end of the film um you know this uh spoiler warning uh but this happened you know thousands of years ago so so i guess uh i take that but um as they're um you know as they're they're coming into to stone hypatia at the end and uh you know davos you know kind of uh, kills her to to basically show her mercy so she's she's not stone kind of the last image she sees is the ellipses in the the top of yeah whatever building they're in um there so it's kind of like like her last image before you know she's she's martyred in the name of science is is basically the the shape that she's been you know studying throughout the film and i thought that that was that was cool uh from like a visual uh storytelling uh aspect there yeah in a way it's like she's seeing the love of her life uh as she dies and uh it that was powerful um 
I guess like for me, the cons, uh, perhaps maybe the title could have been stronger. Um, because mm-hmm. Agora just means public square. I can understand why they used it. It kind of sounds Latin-y and kind of like can transcend cultures. But I think like, I don't know, maybe Ellipsis or I don't know, Hypatia of Alexandria. I don't know. Like maybe something could have been better, but maybe, I don't know, like what I would choose would not work well either. So yeah, yeah, so it look so it looks like here um, that it was in a, a couple of countries it was uh, listed as Alexandria as opposed to Agora, uh, huh. which might have made a, a little bit more sense. Maybe I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but there was an alternate title called The Mists of Time, um, as as an English alternate title. Um, I don't like that any better than Agora. That's I don't not think that, that, good. <laughs> that that helps. The Mists either, but... of Time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can so have maybe... any title, and they're like The Mists of Time. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I think I think maybe in, instead of of Agora, I, I would have uh, maybe like to have had it called um, Hypatia, because um, at least then that might have you know spurned more conversation uh, about her, about her, you know, the character and you know the the real life figure. So maybe that would have would have been a better name because yeah, like you said, Agora, you know, it's it's pretty generic term, and and even if you know the library at Alexandria, the space in front of that, even if that was the most uh, famous square of all time, I wouldn't have put those together. So, Yeah. And for me, the pacing, but maybe it was based off of a play or could be a play uh, in the future, you know, like anything's possible. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just some of the pacing, like in the middle, like I can understand why there's a little bit of a, part one, part two, but it felt a little disjointed. Um, what Were there any cons uh, that that I didn't mention that you mm-hmm. thought of? Um, no, I thought, I thought other than the pacing, I thought that um, kind of the, the characters were all pretty well written and the acting was, was great. And I, I really liked the, you know, kind of the on location stuff. So, so yeah, really for me, it was, it was mostly just a, a matter of the the pacing and i think um yeah it just it, it felt very kind of abrupt the way it was telling the story and maybe i'm just not used to that sort of storytelling but i thought that it could have flowed a little bit um more organically probably yeah and the reason that this film matters to me why i wanted to see it is just we've just been seeing a rise uh in Christian nationalism, in hate crimes, uh, general disunity, um, mm-hmm. tumultuous times, and just like some rights being taken away, and which makes a lot of people think like, could marriage equality be next? Could this be next? Uh, where am I, where do I go from here? Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess it matters to me because it reminds me that Hypatia of Alexandria stood up for what she believed in, even at the cost of her life. And there are good people out there and nothing has to happen. You know, it's not inevitable that bad things have to happen. Uh, the tide can be turned, we can vote, we can raise awareness. Uh, uh, what would you say we can do? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we can definitely do that stuff. We can, you know, try to seek out and support stories that are like this that will help kind of, you know, hopefully change your paradigm or at least give you different perspectives on things. Um, and especially in a story like this that really, um, you know, kind of plays, you know, the the importance of, of science and understanding our world and, uh, you know, at what you know, kind of opposing forces it's met with there. Um, and, you know, someone as, as strong and courageous as Hypatia, you know, learning, um, you know, from her example, uh, you know, trying to, to be educated and to teach and to learn, you know, despite the things that are, you know, happening in the world, you know, unfortunately still, still today, like you mentioned, we've had a very, uh, very rough month, uh, you know, here in the U.S. at least as, as far as, you know, equality for, for everyone, you know, we, we woke up one day and half of the population wasn't as equal as the other half. And, uh, that's, that's not great. And there are a couple of good, uh, sources I wanted to point out to people. Um, you know, obviously you can, uh, take a look at your, your own, uh, local, like, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, centers, cause they can always, uh, use the help with, uh, resources, but there's, uh, one here. It was started by, um, some Star Wars fans. Uh, I was, uh, Rachel L and, uh, Meg Dowell, uh, started this, but it's called What Choice and it's a GoFundMe. Um, and that was, uh, basically just to, um, basically raise money for, um, uh, abortion freedom and access. It's kind of like a, a general fund sort of thing that they use to, uh, you know, to basically help women that need, you know, medical assistance and maybe can't afford it or maybe now are having to travel to do those sorts of things. So I uh, wanted to mention that. And we also wanted to mention our uh, friend, Nerf Herder Co., uh, has just started a campaign as well. Um, she's got a candle. It's called... Uh, it's called... I support reproductive rights and it's, you know, it's, uh, her kind of candle line and the wax melt line. And she's donating the, the proceeds to that, I believe to the, uh, Utah, uh, Planned Parenthood centers there. So, um, you know, you can do that. That's a, that's a great way to do it. Get yourself a, a candle and help make a little bit of a difference there too. Yeah. So thank you for bringing those resources to mind. We'll have them linked in our description and in the episode. And if you, see that we missed any other resources we can list uh we'll we'll add them and thank you for listening and i think this is a good film to watch i believe you can see it on amazon video as mm -hmm. well as freebie and it's a good one and very topical uh anything else from you no yeah um you, sh you should definitely watch it um like you said as i watched it on on Amazon, I think it, it streams through Freebie, so there are a couple of uh, commercials on there. But yeah, you can you can watch it uh, absolutely free, um, and yeah, it's the story is important, and uh, you should definitely watch it for that. But you know, just to you know to kind of see this uh, this period piece and you know some good acting and stuff. So it, it's a good movie and it's a good uh, message, I think. So yeah, definitely check it out. And may the ellipses be with you. Also, it literally is a period film, so. <laughs> yeah. It literally, literally is. Inspired a Galaxy is an imprint of the ORP and can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. And you can connect with the ORP on Twitter. It's at Old Republic Pod. And if you want to connect with me on Instagram, it's at Astro underscore Droid underscore. And the ORP and Inspired a Galaxy podcast's Patreon can be found under www.patreon.com forward slash Old Republic Podcast. 
The Inspired a Galaxy theme was composed by Alistair Shoreman. Alistair can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. This episode of Inspired a Galaxy has been brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. May the force be with you.